This is Chris Sosa with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Chanda Chacon, CEO of Children's Hospital and Medical Center in Omaha. Chanda, thank you for joining us today. Thanks. I'm really excited to be here today. Excellent. Could you please introduce yourself and tell us a bit about your background? Absolutely. I'm Chanda Chacon. I'm the president and CEO here at Children's Hospital and Medical Center in Omaha. And I have always been in pediatric healthcare. I started my healthcare career at Texas Children's Hospital in Houston and was there for 14 years doing a little bit of everything. I started as an administrative fellow. I was in pharmacy, ambulatory operations, the fetal center, the heart center, the maternity center. Um, I went out to our West Houston community campus in the end of my career and then headed to Arkansas Children's in Little Rock and was the chief operating officer for the system there and really was had a great opportunity to do and use the skills I'd learned at Texas Children's that we had done really in a citywide level because we were 4 million people in Houston and then across the state in Arkansas. So it was a great opportunity to scale um, my experience to a statewide view and um, in a state that had challenges in child health and also had a lot of rural um, environments. And so learned a ton there, was there for four years, um, was really a great experience, learned quite a bit, and then joined the children's team here in Omaha in September of 2020, uh, right during the pandemic. What would you say are the biggest challenges in scaling up as you referred to, and how did you overcome them? Yeah, it's perspective. And so I think the skills that I learned in Houston in an urban environment that was um, really densely populated, gave an, a unique perspective of um, what the tools could be and what the potential solutions were. And then moving to a state and looking at um, you know, rural areas and different um, components of the community, the same skills really for me um, stood out. It was the how that was different. So when you're going into a rural community in, say, southeast Arkansas, um, it's important to connect with the people and not come in as the big children's hospital to say, here's how we can help you, but really engage the community. And I, I think for me, that focus on people has been something that's been an important part of my career from the very beginning. And so it was really looking at all these opportunities we had and what was the community interested in. And so... Um, for me, it was really a great opportunity to um, really see how solutions in one large urban environment might not exactly be the same thing that is it needs to be in a rural um, environment, but certainly gives a place to start to have the conversation. So um, for me, it was just an awesome opportunity to get very focused on building relationships that um, were across the state versus across the city. I will tell you, Houston takes forever to drive across. And so it probably <laughs> took me the same amount of time to drive across Houston as it did driving from Little Rock to Northwest Arkansas. <laughs> uh, given your perspective now as CEO there for almost three years, uh, what would you say are the biggest issues you're following right now? Gosh, you know, it's issues and opportunities because I certainly think in healthcare, we're such a dynamic environment and we have to be nimble. What I've seen happen in the last couple of years since I've been here at Children's is just the, the people market has changed so dramatically where in healthcare, the more than 20 years I've been in healthcare, we've always seen nursing staffing be a challenge. What we're seeing now is it's across the entire healthcare system in lots of roles. 
And so it's really pushed us in healthcare to be more agile and nimble in focusing on our, our people. And that's to me, the biggest part of the work we do. And we're more competitive now across other industries where historically, you know, people who wanted to work in healthcare really flocked towards that. We're having to use much more unique strategies for retention and well-being of our own team members and also to help attract people into healthcare that might not have thought that that is an opportunity for them and really help people either develop a why they want to be in healthcare or just be the kind of company that's competitive with the bigger companies that are not healthcare related. And people say, gosh, at Children's, they offer really great benefits and they are very focused on well-being and it feels like they care about me as an individual. And that's what attracts people in. And we've had to be much more agile with um, that thinking. And I think that's very exciting in looking at how we build teams, how we build models of care and really pushing our thinking around maybe something that's been the same thing we've done forever in healthcare and we have to think about it differently. I find that really energizing. Um, and it's been very energizing for our team to be able to say, there's no box you have to think within. It just, just think of the best solution. So I see that the people part of our work um, as probably the biggest challenge that we're all facing. And it's not just you know, I don't call it staffing because it's more important to me than that. It's really about how we retain great people, how we develop the, the workforce pipeline, the next generation of leaders for the future that are already at our organization. So I think that's pretty exciting. I'm going to use that right there as a segue. So what else energizes you as far as being competitive or retaining staff and people or connecting with your community? And what makes you a little bit nervous? Sure. Um, let's see, what else makes me excited? Innovation. I think you spoke to Ryan Cameron, a executive on our team, and it was intentional that we double down, not only on the people promise that we have for our own team members and the patients and families we serve, but on investing in innovation. And if, um, there's not a lot of dollars on the healthcare innovation pipeline that are invested in pediatric healthcare, because we are such a diverse population, right? We're from birth until 19 and sometimes older. And so it's, it is a difficult business proposition to invest in innovation when our population is so diverse, just on age, size, all those things. And so we knew we would have to be very um, purposeful in our work around innovation because the patients and families we serve really deserve us to be excellent. And um, so we had to really focus on how we were going to elevate that work. And that for me is kind of exciting and also certainly a little bit intimidating when you think we're in the same game with really big innovative companies. The difference for me is that we know our population really well. We have a very tight relationship with our team members and they are really smart and have really great ideas of the work we could do to do this work better, not just from a research side, but a day-to-day -day work, right? How do we think differently and really expand the horizons of things that may never have been done in healthcare, but could propel the work we do, the efficiencies we have. And that for me is really exciting to think about what healthcare will look like five years from now. Uh, we changed a lot during COVID and we're forced into that real digital space. And now like we talk about digital innovation, it's just part of our language now. And that feels exciting. We have tons of data and information in healthcare. 
How do we use that in our organizations to help us be more efficient and effective in the work we do? I think that's not only the right thing to do for the care we provide to patients and families, but it's also right for our employees, right? If I knew my employer was helping intentionally focus on innovation to make my work easier, more effective, that feels pretty exciting. I want to be a part of that. And so I'm really looking forward to how um, we're going to, how the industry and how we specifically here at Children's will look five years from now and how we do our work. I love how you said there is no box. So as you look forward in the, to the next 18 months or so, how do you anticipate your role is going to change and how are your team, teams going to have to change? Yeah, I have spent a lot of time in the past year and, you know, focusing our team on how important it is to remember that healthcare and healthcare organizations only provide about 20% of health to people. 80% is determined outside of our walls. And so we have really shifted our focus in the work we do to also include that 80% outside of our walls. And how do we partner differently, more effectively? And how do we really refine our work to not, not be that sort of big brother idea of coming and saying, do it how we want to, but really standing side by side with organizations in the community, with schools, with community partners to say, you're already doing really great work. How do we help you go faster and go bigger? and not need to smack our logo on it, right? For me, doing the right thing in child health and making an impact in child health is the right thing to do regardless of logos. And I think credit comes where partnerships happen and that's how people talk in communities. And so for me, you know, my time is uh, progressively more spent externally to the organization. Um, our still 100% our focus, our core mission is uh, providing great health care to families, but our mission at Children's is to improve the life of every child, not just the health. And to be able to do both those things, we have to be external. And so our team is spending more time building partnerships, building relationships in the community, in regions, and in the national front. And I only anticipate that's going to increase as we realize how integrated we are um, here in our community, but just really uh, further out. And those relationships and partnerships help us solve big problems like mental health, right? Or child abuse. That's not going to be solved by one organization. It's going to be solved by us partnering together to do the best thing for kids. As far as building relationships and building a strong community, and you're a part in that, you've advocated for kids in foster care as a support appointed special advocate, which is terrific. So how has that influenced your leadership style first and foremost? Oh, gosh, it is um, probably the most impactful thing I've done in my life. Um, I don't have my own children, uh, biologic children. And so this was my way to make an impact personally in kids' lives. And I remember when I was in Houston, everyone would say, I don't know how you have enough time to do that work. And I think you make time for things that are important. And my dad used to tell me as a, as a little kid when uh, you're really full Ice cream always fits in. It fits in the little open places for dessert. And I see child advocates and being a court-appointed child advocate is that kind of work for me. Um, I have served over, gosh, over 15 kids that have been in the system and have relationships still with several of them and really feel uh, personally, gosh, honored to have been able to be a part of their journey and to see how successful they've been. And for me, that's the personal part of leadership. It's why I'm in pediatrics is 
for the impact that we can make early in kids' lives and in families' lives that help change their memories, change their trajectory for the rest of their life. And I just, I feel really honored that I got to be in the journey with these families and these kids who um, has taught me as much as I taught them, if not more. And that's uh, been real powerful for me to realize that individuals can make a really big impact. And that's a big reason why I came here to Children's in Omaha is because this is the kind of place, this is the size of city where individuals can still make a really big impact. And the community here is very nimble, moves quickly, partners really rapidly. And that for me is an exciting place to be when we can see big work and big shifts happen really rapidly. Because if it's the right thing to do, we shouldn't stand in the way of ourselves waiting to be perfect when we're missing the excellence that's just going to pass us by if we don't move. So um, I've loved being a court-appointed child advocate. It was, as I said, pr really probably one of the pieces of my life where I think I've been the most impactful. Zooming out on that subject a little bit, how connected do you think the healthcare system in your hospital and healthcare system in particular is connected to foster care and where do you see room for improvement? I do think that uh, many children's hospitals, as we are here um, in Omaha, are very tied to the state um, CPS teams, child teams. It's It has been every place I've been, it has been a really tight partnership, a really close partnership at the state and city level. And that's powerful because healthcare sometimes is one of those pieces that can fall off um, of the radar in those kind of shifts and transitions. And I see that as a really unique role of children's hospitals to provide care for some of the most vulnerable kids who are in foster care. And we've, every place I've been has done a really great job of uh, partnering and linking. And I think those relationships and partnerships have to be fed and watered, right? They have to be grown to make sure that you um, shift and modify your work based off the needs of this very vulnerable population. We've seen that shift here and during COVID of not surprisingly the increase in need for mental health services in the, this patient population. We've seen that across pediatrics and it's no different in our the kids that we see that are in the foster care system. And so um, as we've said about many of the things we do, we don't do that in a vacuum. We don't do that alone. We do that through partnerships of the child advocacy centers that are in our community here um, and work really closely with them to say, how do we partner? How do we do the right thing? And I, I do believe you have to ask those questions because what we believe is important or helpful from the children's hospital side might not actually be what those organizations need to help provide the very best care for children in foster care. And so those conversations and partnerships are powerful. Um, for me, so powerful. I actually serve on the board here of Project Harmony, which is one of our child advocacy centers um, for me, it's really important that there's that connection between our organizations so that we can be nimble and agile for kids that didn't ask to be in the foster care system. Um, and we should we should have a responsibility to do the very best work. Last thing I have for you today, Shanda. So what issue in your field do you think deserves a much brighter spotlight than it's getting right now? Oh, gosh. I think, I mean, I think both of the things that I would think about are getting a pretty bright spotlight. There's not an easy answer to them. I would say the first one in pediatric healthcare is around behavioral and mental health. 
And we are shining a very bright light on that here in Omaha and Lincoln in the region here in Nebraska, because we know it is so critical to the future of our state, to the future uh, people who are going to be working across our state. And so we've intentionally um, really doubled down on that work, working across the community with state and local government, um, with donors in the community, with our team members, with community partners in schools. And we'll be investing, uh, breaking ground actually this August on a facility through the help of the Mental Health Innovation Foundation, which is a foundation started here in Omaha, to invest in a facility that will have a full continuum of mental and behavioral health from um, the very least acute to an urgent care center, to a partial hospitalization, to inpatient psychiatric beds. We'll also embed primary care in this facility. And it's intended to be the hub, to create a hub right here in Omaha to then create spokes across the state. As being a rural state, we have to think of creative solutions to help providers and kids stay close to home. And so we're doing a lot of work on education of providers, implementing some new, really innovative care models through telehealth and through partnerships with primary care providers in, uh, across the state. Also looking at urgent care mental health centers so that we can help really de-escalate as quickly as we can. And then also have that spoke back into this highest acute care that we'll uh, be delivering right here in Omaha in our uh, central campus. And that's, that's really important work because there's so much linkage to long-term outcomes, long-term health um, with mental health. And we've seen such an increase in um, kids coming to the emergency department for suicide ideation, uh, depression, anxiety. Here in Nebraska, we have a higher uh, rate of suicide than the national average for at teens and adolescents. And that for me is one of those things that keeps you up at night. You know, when, when I can sit in, be in a hero walk for a child who um, has successfully passed from suicide, it makes you think, gosh, I know people on my team know this child and know this family, and this is not okay. We have to do better. That shouldn't happen here or anywhere. And we got to get ahead of that curve and we're chasing it, to be honest. And so I would love to shine a brighter spotlight um, on that. I think there's a pretty big spotlight on it right now, but um, it is something we're definitely chasing and um, not yet ahead of that curve. So for me, that's uh, probably the most important work we have ahead of us. Shanna, thank you so much for sharing your insight today and giving us your time. We can't wait to share all your insight with our listeners. Awesome. Thanks so much.